Hello, my name is Dusty Otis. Welcome to the Redefined Church Podcast. I'm so glad that you're taking part of your day to join us. My prayer for you is that this message would be meaningful to you, that it would challenge you, and that it would help you move forward in your faith. To be a part of all that we get to do here at Redefined Church, visit us online at churchredefined.com forward slash give. I hope you enjoy today's message. The question we're answering today is what's the difference between your first step and how you walk? Your first step and how you walk. And you see the Great Commission is to make disciples. It's not to make converts. And that's really the difference between your first step and how you walk. It's, dis- it's, it's being a convert versus being a disciple, a follower of Jesus. When you look at Matthew 28, 19 through 20, it says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. The three baptisms there, we're going to talk about those later and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I will always be with you to the end of the age. I'm always going to be with you. I'm always going to be with you, but go, go make disciples. And the reality is, is we tend to have a great disconnect from the cause, which is to go, and the decision to follow Jesus or the decision to receive Jesus. And the reality is, 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 is go is great. And so we could say, yes, uh, I take that first step and I believe Jesus is Lord of my life. But re- the reality is this, your call to salvation is your call to go. The call to salvation is the call to go. And it's not the, it's not the end. It's the beginning of something great that, that God wants to do in you. And then so we would say, well, how do we get there? Like, how do we move from go to make disciples? We're talking that today. And so the most important stat in our health as the church, the most important thing about our strength as believers is the number of disciples that are made. That is why the church exists. The church exists for discipleship, right? And so it's about, it's about quality, not quantity. We can't look over. I can't look over you online. That's why I push so hard for engagement. I cannot look over you online to see who we don't have. You're here. You're being intentional right now to move forward in your relationship to become a better follower, a disciple of Jesus. And so then it's about your spiritual depth it's about your spiritual depth. It's not about all that we have and all that we've done and all that we see. And it's not about that. It's about your personal development, your growth, your spiritual growth inside the context of being a follower of Jesus. And so what we do know is this, when we focus on discipleship, we always get the church. When we focus on discipleship, becoming better followers, when we focus on our personal walk, when we focus on our relationship, both with Jesus, when our relationship with God, there's only one way to the Father, it's through the Son. Jesus restored our relationship to God. If we focus on getting better in that, growing in that, we always get the body of believers. We always get the church. And so then what does discipleship look like? It's different for everyone. It's different for everyone. And, and, I, and I say different for everyone because it doesn't happen in an order. I can't tell you today that if you'll do these three things, because we love that in America, we love knowing, oh, if I just do this, this, and this, I'm good. Great. And that's poor. I can't say, well, if you just do uh, these four or these two or these seven, if you do these seven, you'll have it. That's false. That's false. And so in all of that, what you need to know is discipleship is not something that you graduate from. It's not about, oh, well, um, I've done these things and now, now I've arrived. Now I've taken that next step and I am a disciple. Discipleship is an ongoing process. And so the greatest example I have about this is, is a guy who used to attend my church in Oklahoma. We're just going to call him John. And John uh, came up to me after service one day. He's 73 years old. 
He's 73 years old. And he says, hey, he grabs me by the arm, you know, real firm. Says, hey, uh, Pastor Dusty, I just want to let you know, we started giving today. And I was like, awesome. And in my pastoral church Bible Belt mind, I thought, amazing. So then John has kind of made his, all, his way all the way through discipleship. And he has gave. And, and we kind of look at that as the pinnacle, right? Like, oh, well, when people give, they believe in the mission of the church. When you find financial partners, you find people who are on mission with you. And he says, no, you don't understand. He said, we've, we've never given before. And I'm like, wow, John. So pull him aside. We have a great conversation. We talk and um, pray with him. Tell him thank you. So thrilled to see what God's going to do because he's given financially. And go about, our, go about my business. A couple weeks later, I noticed that John gets plugged in outside volunteering in the parking lot team. And I'm like, hey, this is amazing. You're out here, you know, he's all this good stuff. And in that, he said, never volunteered before. Man, 73 years old. Never volunteered before. A few weeks later, I see him in discipleship class. Guess what? He's never done that either. And then a few weeks later, he actually gives his heart to Christ. He actually prays the prayer to receive salvation, becomes a follower of Jesus. His discipleship looked very different. And what we can get in the mindset of in, in, in Western culture in America is you have to pray the prayer, you have to get baptized, you have to go to discipleship class, you have to get plugged in, you have to serve, uh, be on a team, you have to uh, get on an outreach, and you have to give. And once you do all of these, and we sign your name on the roll, you're a member, and you belong, and we go. And I just want to tell you, you belong to the body whether you like it or not. And how you move forward is up to you and your decisions. But it's not one, two, three, four. And if you want to put number two, numbers to it, it could be uh, seven, two, one, five, four, three. There's no order to it. It is, it is in and how God wants to move in and through you. And that's one of the greatest lessons I've ever learned in ministry that God ever taught me was I cannot pretend that everybody here, that, that you watching, that everyone watching is in the same place. And we're all out of three. And here's how we take the threes to fours. And here's how we take the ones to twos. It's not like that because what God wants to do in you and through you is greater than anything that I can tell you to do. And so it's not about you listening to me. It's about you getting in the word and actually hearing it for yourself. And so today we're really talking the difference between your conversion to becoming a believer and believing enough to actually follow Jesus, to walk it out. It's that first step to your walk. And the decision to receive salvation through the gift of Jesus is different than the decision the decision to become like Jesus. Lots of D's in here. The decision to receive your salvation through the gift of Jesus is different than the decision to become like Jesus. The decision is different than discipleship. They're not one and the same. The decision doesn't make you a disciple. It makes you a convert. It gets you in the door. It gets you in the door. And so, what is the decision that we're talking about? It's, it's found in Romans 10.9. And Romans 10.9 says, If you confess with your mouth and believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross and God raised Him from the dead, then you will be saved. Then you will be saved. And if you've never made this decision before, I'm giving you that opportunity right now. You would say, okay, I, Dusty, you've had a lot of clarity already here in the first five minutes. Um, yeah, I, I understand. And I need that opportunity. I want to receive Jesus right now. Jesus came, lived a perfect life, died a sinless death, uh, was raised from the dead. I believe that. Yes, I do. 
Okay? That's the gift of salvation. It's a free gift to everybody. That is the baptism of the Father. And what happens is when you pray that, your relationship is restored with God. And so we're going to pray this right now. And if this is you and you need to pray it, just pray along with me. We're going to put it up on the screen. Super simple. Father God, I believe you created me. I believe you sent Jesus for me. Thank you for sending your only son to pay for my sin. Jesus, I confess that you are Lord. I believe that God raised you from the dead. I receive the sacrifice and gift of your life. Come into my heart. Renew my life. Help me to become like you. Thank you for bringing me back into the family. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you just prayed that prayer and you were serious, it wasn't just lip service. It says you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. If you believe that in your heart, I want to know about it. I'm going to send you a Bible. I'm going to send you a book. And I'm going to send you a notebook so you can start walking. So you can start walking, not just sitting, not just being a convert, but becoming like Jesus. And so my information's on the bottom of the screen. You can write that down. You can screenshot it, whatever it will be. Here's what I want you to say. Or I want you to see this is a big deal. I'm not just skimming over this because what happened is huge. The kingdom of heaven just grew. If you prayed that prayer and you believed it in your heart, the kingdom of heaven grew. God just added to our numbers, the church. God just added to our number. Your name just got put in the book of life. You're there. You're going to heaven. This is massive. You're a convert. Okay? I don't really like using the word convert, but I'm, this, is, this is the best word, the best way to describe the difference between, between making a decision and being a disciple. This is worth celebrating. It's worth celebrating. If I could see you physically, I'd give you a hug. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. But you're not finished. You're not finished. And so here's the thing, as big of a deal as it is to take a step with God, that prayer is really simple. And because we tend to pray it every weekend, and we tend to glance right over it, a lot of us have forgot about praying that prayer the first time when we actually believe it in our heart. But it's so simple, isn't it? It's so very simple. But the problem that we, that, that us or we, when we were non-believers tend to do is we tend to make that little bitty step, that simple step that God's given us, the greatest gift in the history of the world. We tend to make it a mountain, right? And we make, we make it this mountain that can only be climbed under perfect circumstances, under perfect conditions. And, and if that's not enough, we change. We change constantly what the conditions are and what the circumstances are. And what I want you to see is the reality is God's love is unconditional. It's always on. It's never changing. He accepts and approves every person. You see that in Romans 15, 7. You should look that up. Best example I have of this is the story of a guy. I met a guy when I first got here. I was working out at a gym down the street. And one of the managers who signed me up, you know, through conversation knew that I was a pastor and he approached me a few weeks later after I'd been signed up and said, Hey, uh, you're, you're a pastor, right? I said, yeah, abs- absolutely. I am a pastor. And he says, um, well, uh, I'm getting married soon. He says, uh, I'm a Muslim and my girlfriend, she's a Christian. And I've been, I've been really thinking about conversion. And I said, okay. He said, can you help me with that? I said, absolutely. Super fired up to have that conversation. 
I wasn't fired up to have that conversation right then. Uh, and so I said, hey, I said, here's what we need to do. Let me go home uh, tonight and let's talk about this tomorrow. Can we do that? And, and he said, oh, yeah, absolutely. And that was me saying, I need to figure this out, right? Like this is a huge opportunity. Put some pressure on myself. I don't want to blow it, right? And so I go on with my workout. Guess what happens? I forget. The next day I come back. I come back to the gym and I see, I see dude, we're just calling him dude. I see dude over there and I know that we're having a conversation today about conversion. I'm a pastor. I understand what his belief system is. I understand how all that works. And I'm like, okay. And so I have to make a decision at that moment after I swipe my card, I check in. Am I going to go get on the treadmill and look on my phone and find as much information as I can about this to where it's crystal clear where I can have a copy paste and send him a document? Or am I going to pray? Am I going to pray? And so I chose to pray. And so... I go to the treadmill, I'm walking, and I'm just praying, okay? I'm not like making a scene, I'm not being a clown, okay? I'm just praying, and in it, there's a piece, um, there's a piece that I find in, at the end of that prayer, and I just walk over to, to my guy's desk, to dude's desk, and I say, hey, I said, here's the thing about conversion. I said, do you, do you believe that Jesus Christ came and lived a perfect life. Do you believe it, that He is the Lord of all? He says, yes. I said, it's awesome. I said, do you believe that He died and God raised Him from the dead? Do you believe that? Do you believe that with your heart? Yes. I said, that's amazing. I said, okay, you're converted. <laughs> and he was like, like, all this stuff's going through his head, right? And he says, well, what about, uh, what about my hours? What about my hours? And I was like, there's no such thing as hours. Okay. There's no such thing as hours. There is becoming a disciple. There's believing in what you just said and believing it to the core of who you are. And so it's not about doing a bunch. It's not about 40 hours this week of being hardcore after it. Because if that's disconnected from your heart, those works are dead. Those works are dead. And I shared Proverbs 21 too. A man's ways seem right, but God searches his heart. God's after your heart in this. He's not after your works. And so then there is no such thing as ours. He says, okay. Okay. Uh, what about baptism? He says, what about baptism? I'm like, okay. Great. Great question. Not right now. Not right now. And there are a lot of people who would say, Maloney, right now. And the reality is this. He wasn't even affirmed in his faith. He wasn't. He believed what he just prayed, but he didn't understand the depth of it. And so then I said, yes, baptism, but not right now. Your next step is to affirm, is to affirm what you believe. How you're going to do that is you're going to start reading the Bible. I'm going to send you a plan. You can start reading. It's going to take you less than three minutes a day. It's going to really open your eyes. Start in Proverbs. You can do, you know, any, any of those things. And, um, and you need to be affirmed. You need to be absolutely positive. You believe what you just prayed. You, that, that takes you from going to being a convert to being a disciple, a follower of Jesus, believing it enough to actually walk it out. And when you're at that point, that's, that's when you 
receive the baptism of the Father and the Son, which is water baptism, the second baptism. Okay? And so then, baptized, when you're baptized, what happens is the old you and everything that's in you and that was goes down and you come up a very brand new person. Well, when you come up out of that water, there's something, there's something spiritual that happens and you are fresh. You're brand new. And you would like to walk out of that water with an understanding and a hardcore belief, a certain hope. And I think that the best thing to do is to find the Bible. Let's start a conversation. And when we walk with each other, and that's what making disciples is, is when, when one disciple who hasn't graduated, who's still growing, is always in a process, walks along with somebody else and helps them see and believe all the things God's done for them, and we go together, right? We might be on different levels, but we're on the same path. We're on the same path. And what I want you to see is, isn't what I talked to Indri about, Romans 10.9, if you confess and believe you will be saved? Isn't that what I talked? And what happened? What happened in that moment at that desk in a health club is this. He believed John 3.16, that God sent His one only Son, and he understood Romans 10.9. He took one step. He took one step. And that's his step. And that's your step. That's your first step is Romans 10.9. And the reality is, is nobody is above this step. All of us must take this step. Well, I'm a good person, Dusty. There's no such thing as a professional good person. Okay? No one is above step one. Romans 14.11 says, Every tongue will confess. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess. Here's the reality. God's given you the power of choice. You get to choose when that is. Will you do it willingly? Or will you wait until He returns? By the way, there's no professional Christians either, okay? There's no professional Christians. So if you're looking at somebody and thinking like, golly, they really have their stuff together. And if you think that about me, I just want to tell you, Romans 3.23 says, nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect. You can pretend to be perfect, but God looks at your heart. It's the posture of your heart. So then one, if you think you're a professional Christian, stop pretending and be real. Two, if if you just started believing or you're very young in your faith, stop comparing yourselves to others. You're on different tracks. We're all going to the same place. The vision we talked about, it's a heavenly place. We're all going there. Our paths might look the same. We might have different elevations, but we're all going to the same place. We're on different levels. You can't look at somebody else who's a believer and make, man, I wish I could believe like them. Wish I had the faith like them. You can't do that. It's your faith. It's your journey. It's not your parents or your grandpas, or your crazy uncles. And it's not your neighbors. It's your faith. And so, if you're at a place today where you would say, well, uh, I've prayed that prayer, Dusty, and appreciate you doing that, but I've already prayed that, and and but I don't know. And here's the thing. There's this phrase uh, in the South. It says, I'm ready to go. It means I'm ready to go. And what they say is, I say, hey man, you, you ready to go get something to eat? I'm sitting on G, waiting on O. I'm sitting on G, waiting on O. Like, let's go, right? And you'd say, Dusty, I prayed that prayer. I got this graphic for you. We're going to put it up on the screen right now. And, and what this is, is this is a perfect uh, example of somebody who prays the prayer and does nothing with it. 
you got your foot in the door, you believe you crossed the finish line, and so you are seriously sitting on G. And you're waiting on O. If you're a note taker, the question I have for you is, are you sitting on G? Have you prayed that prayer? And are you sitting on G? How long have you been there? How long have you been on G? Are you weary sitting on G? And if not, let's just say this. No, Dusty, I'm not sitting on G. If you're not, is there a difference in your walk? Is there a difference in the way you walk? From the time you prayed the prayer, were a convert, became a follower, to following, is there a difference in your walk? And the reality is, if it's not, if there's not, you are somewhere between G and O. G and O. Why? You're not affirmed in your faith. You're not even sure what you believe. You believe enough in God. You believe enough in Jesus to, to, to make the decision. But you don't believe enough to become a disciple. And that's tough. Tough. This is challenging. So, sit with me. Sitting on G, sitting on G as a believer, much like being between G and O, and knowing better is not good. The Bible says it's better to not know it all than to know better. The Bible also says, be hot or be cold, but do not be lukewarm, because I will, I will spit you out. And if you're sitting on G, you're sitting on step one. Yeah, I prayed the prayer. My life's still terrible. Look around you, Helen, right? Yeah, look around. There's a reason it's like that. You ever play Monopoly? Play Monopoly. Get this card. Do not pass go. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Salvation deletes that card. And says, by all means, go. 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 And what you see is going is the process of becoming a disciple. Going is the process of becoming a disciple. And, and at the point of affirmation, when you understand what you believe, your next step is to bring others along. But discipleship is a process. And you would say, well, I'm not sure that I can, you know, if I was this or man, until or maybe when. And I just want to say this. If ifs and buts were candies and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas. That's what was told to me almost every day, even when it wasn't Christmas. Okay? Stop playing the ifs and buts game. Stop it. The Bible tells us that we need the faith of a mustard seed. And the reality is, is if, you're, if you're still between G and O, you don't have the faith that big yet. You believe just enough to make the decision, but not to become a disciple. Your next step, your next step is to believe Matthew 17, 20, which is if you have the faith of a mustard seed. That's it. And so here's the reality in this. And maybe this brings a little more depth and more clarity. The reality is the blood of Jesus has covered you if you've made that decision. It's covered you. And if you haven't, the blood of Jesus is available to you. I'm not trying to be too graphic today. Have you ever got blood on anything? It's a bear. It is a bear to get off, right? It spreads, 
it saturates. You go to wipe it and it, and it, it turns brown. It ruins everything. Can't tell you how many pairs of shoes I've ruined from getting blood on them. And when you get blood on you, freaks you out, right? Especially when it's not your blood. It's like, oh, why? Why? Think about the blood of Jesus here. If you understand how lotion works, my wife taught me this, then you understand what the blood of Jesus does. Lotion, lotion, when you apply it to your skin, it absorbs and it becomes part of you and it protects. This, this is what the blood of Jesus does for us. It covers us by that decision, by that decision. And so if you were here for worship this morning, you heard some of the lyrics that we sang. It says, now I am hidden in the safety of your love. What's that mean? I'm covered by your blood. I'm hidden. I'm covered. I trust your heart and your intentions. Trust you completely. I'm listening intently. You'll guide me through these many shadows. As I grow and as I change, may I love you more deeply. What is this? Discipleship. This is discipleship. This song is the decision and it's discipleship. God did this for you with His Son through your willing confession. That's the decision. And so what I hope you grasp today is about the blood of Jesus, that this increases your faith, that you were just shy of a mustard seed. You have that seed today and you're willing to, to go from step one to step two and from step two to three and from three to 99 and, and on and on and on until you're at the pearly gates, right? And so... If you have the faith of a mustard seed, you'd say, okay, I do have that faith, Dusty. What's my next step? Get a Bible. Your next step is get a Bible. It's, it's crucial to your success as a disciple, as a follower. We give these out free, by the way. I already have a Bible. We've got 73 of them. Awesome. Open it. Open it. Seek God. Absor- absorb the living word. I've already read that. You haven't read it like this. You haven't read it in this circumstance. You haven't read it on this Sunday. Okay. You haven't read it on this Monday. Every day is a new day. Okay. That we rejoice and we're glad in what God wants to tell you. Even if you've read the same chapter and highlighted the same verse. Can I tell you how many verses I've highlighted? I've highlighted the same verse so many times. I don't even know what color it is anymore. From orange to blue to green over the top. And guess what? I highlight when God says something. You got to have a Bible you can highlight in, man underline, whatever. I've underlined, I've highlighted, I've starred, I've circled, I've boxed, and everything. And then I write it in my journal. This is what God said to me today. Get a Bible. Absorb the living word. Why? Romans 10, 17 says, Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by taking in God's word. If you're going to ever be affirmed in your faith and understand how to walk and how to follow, you must be affirmed in your faith. You must hear. Matthew eleven fifteen and Revelations two twenty nine both say, "Whoever has ears, let them hear. Let them hear." Let's wrap this thing up. The difference between your first step and how you walk is your perception of the two. Okay, some people sit on G their whole life. I made the decision. I prayed the prayer. Okay, some people go. Some people do nothing. Some people change the world. It's the difference in believing and becoming. And the truth is, you will never become who God's called you to be without walking out your beliefs. I can't look at what the government believes. I can't look at what social media says. If you're going to believe that trash, you're going to be on a roller coaster. That absolutely is, there's not a word for it. 
the frustration that is in me right now for that. To see people constantly, what did you see this? What about this? Over here. Stop. I'm going to stand on the truth. I'm going to believe God's word. I'm going to live in the promises that he has given me. Because he's called me, he's chosen me. Because Jesus came, died, rose again, so I could be free from all the trash. So if your beliefs change with the weather or the news, you have a rough life ahead of you, right? Open the Bible. Walk out your beliefs. If you don't know what you believe, open the Bible. You say, well, I thought believing in God was enough. Man, that's a great start. That's step one. Okay? It's hard to believe in the promises of God if you never walk in them. Hard for me to do that. Well, I mean, I think this is a, is it in this an old proverb or something? I just walked this out. Man, that's what when the sun shines and everything's great, it's like, oh, glory to God. But the other six days a week or seven days a week or seven years that it's dark and cloudy and gloomy and you're lost, you're lost. And if you don't walk out God's promises, it doesn't make much of a testimony. It doesn't make much of a testimony. What does that mean? That's the athlete after the game. Well, I just want to thank God, you know, for giving me the ability to make millions of dollars. Come on, man. Come on. That's what that is right there. It doesn't make much of a testimony if you've not walked out the promises of God. Whoops. Most people think salvation and conversion are a checkpoint that they cross. This is a line that we cross. It's a mile marker that we attain. It's a memory. It's a memory that we make. It's super important. The decision is super important. And once they cross that line, they keep going the same direction that they did before they crossed the line. They keep going the same direction before they hit the checkpoint, before they made the memory. And the reality is it's not a checkpoint. It's not a checkpoint to keep going the same way you were going before you got there. It's not, hey, now I've got Jesus in my life, so everything's going to be good, and it's all going to be better, and life's going to be easier because I prayed a prayer, because I became a convert, because I made a decision. Deciding like this, like that, so it can be easier for you, is not true conversion. Because in that, you're still seeking self. God searches your heart. So if that's the way the prayer is prayed, it doesn't take. You never believe in your heart. You're seeking self. You're not seeking God. 1 John 2.15 says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Dang. What is this? This is your image. Just trying to protect me. I'm a Christian when I'm around Christians. I'm a believer when I want to believe. But when I'm out, I'm out. And I leave that. I'm a Christian. I'm a believer on Sundays for this hour, Dusty. And that's enough. It's not enough. It's called lip service. It's terrible. It's called lukewarm. It's called being lukewarm. God will spit you out. Being a good person does not make you in God's will. does not mean that you're walking out God's will for your life. It doesn't mean that you're going to heaven. Well, I'm a good person. Hey, good for you. I put the kindness sign in my yard. Good for you. That doesn't mean you have God inside of you. It takes more than being a good person. Okay? If you want to get to heaven, step one, get you to heaven. I confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead. I'm saved. Right? And so your next step then, after that, now that you've crossed the line, you're, you're in the book, is to start becoming who God called you to be. Once you do that, and you've affirmed your faith, then I start helping others. That's the commission. The commission and the cause. There's a reason 
There's a reason upon salvation we say the lost are found. The blind now see. The deaf can now hear. Why do we say that? It's because in your conversion, in the decision, you make a U-turn. You turn around. You don't decide and keep going on the same path. You make a U-turn. You must be with the change. The change that this series is talking about is the U-turn. Otherwise, you're stuck sitting on G. Man, I prayed a prayer and nothing changed. It's a heart issue. And you wonder, why can't I see differently? I still hear the same old crap. Golly. Come on, God. I thought this was, I thought praying was supposed to be different. Why do I still seem lost? Why am I, why do I still seem like I'm on the same path? There's no U turn. It was only a decision. It was only a decision. You must decide to turn. If you're still lost, if you're still unsure, it's because you haven't turned around. There's been no change. There's been no change. You'll only see differently with God because you're going in a new direction. It takes a turnaround. That's one. Now, understanding He's with you in that turnaround changes everything. Well, that's what you think. You know, the way you think and the way I think are very, very different from the way God thinks. They're very different. Isaiah 55, 8 through 9 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither your ways, my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Most people are afraid of the U-turn because they think, oh, turning around means I have to give all of this up. It means I have to live a certain way under certain requirements. I have to lose all of this. And what I want you to see this morning is the U-turn is meant to enhance your life. It's not just meant to. The U-turn enhances your life. John 10.10 10 says, I have come that you may have life and have it to the fullest. You may have it abundantly. That you may overflow. That you may inherit the land. That's why I've come. But if you work without God to inherit, it's never going to happen. Unless you roll the dice, you get lucky. Okay? And even then, you don't have heaven. And so then, the U-turn enhances your life. There are two requirements for this. For this, You say, well, all these requirements. There's two requirements. You find them in Matthew 22, 37 and 39. Jesus says this, You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart. You make the decision. What next? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Verse 39, And love your neighbor as yourself. That is, unselfishly seek the best or higher good for others. Jesus goes on to say in verse 40, if you do these two things, you'll find. He says the whole law hinges on these two things. If you do these two things, if you operate in love, you'll be respectful. You'll be honoring. If you'll operate in love, there will be unity. If you'll operate in love, you'll have everything. If you operate in love, you'll do everything the right way because you're operating in love. In love. When who you are and what you do align with the direction and the purpose God has for you, you're walking as a disciple. That doesn't happen with conversion. It happens with your walk. Conversion is merely the first step 
to discipleship. The first step of discipleship. It's not an end goal. And so today, becoming a Christian, becoming a convert, getting saved, accepting Jesus, whatever phrase of faith and tradition that you might use, what you have done, what we have done, is came to the starting line of our faith in that decision. But that starting line does not make me a disciple. It's stepping into the call and understanding that God chose you. It's stepping into the call and understanding God chose you. Yes, yes, you. God chose you. Before the creation of the world, He chose you. It's in Ephesians. Your action step today is this. Start your path to becoming a disciple. Get off G. Get off G. Real conversion results in a life of discipleship. Real decision, believing in your heart, results in a life of discipleship. It's not about what you do, but who you are becoming. But who you are becoming. Matthew 28, 19 says this, Therefore go, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Go is the cause. It's step one to being, and step one to being part of the cause is personal decision, it's personal conversion, it's being saved, calling on Jesus. Conversion starts you on the path to becoming a disciple. Here's the reality, and I'm going to pray. Reality is this. There are a lot of lukewarm people in the world who love lip service, who love to say all the right things. Oh, oh, oh I'm, talking, I'm talking to you. I need to talk like this to you. Very manipulative. A lot of lukewarm people. A lot. And they act like believers. But if there's no fruit in their walk, and if there's no fruit in their actions, it's fake. This is a matter of your heart. God knows your heart. That's why good deeds without faith are empty. That's why good people don't go to heaven. There's no connection. It's empty. It's empty. But man, I sure look good. Hey, good for you. You look good here on earth all day long, right? This is why in Matthew 7, 21 through 23, it says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons, done wonders? Your name. And this is, I would declare to them, I never knew you. I don't know you. I don't know you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Romans 10, 9 says, if you confess with your mouth and you believe with your heart, that you will be saved. If today is your day, I'm going to challenge you to get serious. This is your day. Dusty, I understand the difference. You need to make a decision to become a believer. You need to make a decision to rededicate your life. Golly, I blew it. I did that twice, by the way. I've done that twice. I can tell you that because I know where I'm going, because I know who I am. I'm not embarrassed by that. It doesn't bother me at all. I made the decision twice to rededicate my life. Why? Because I was ignorant. I was an idiot. I thought that I thought that one prayer changed everything. And becoming, becoming is what changes me. 
becoming is what changes me. So then, if you need to pray this prayer for you, in your heart and believe in your heart for you, let's pray it. Let's pray it together. It's on the screen. Father God, I believe you created me. I believe you sent Jesus for me. Thank you for sending your only son to pay for my sin. If you need to reaffirm your faith today, Jesus, I confess that you are Lord. I believe that God raised you from the dead. I receive the sacrifice and the gift of your life. Come into my heart. Come into my heart. Renew my life. Help me to become like you. Lord, I thank you for bringing me back into the family. This is in your precious name that we pray. Amen. And so if you just prayed that prayer, it's the same action step. I want to know so I can walk with you. I'm going to give you a Bible. I'm going to send it to you. I'm going to send you a book. I'm going to send you a notebook. I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you get from G through O so you can become who God's called you to be because real conversion results, real decision results in a life of discipleship. To fulfill the Great Commission, to make disciples, you must first be a disciple. To be a disciple, you must be humble with a heart for God, not a mind for personal gain. You do not make disciples with head knowledge. Nobody's listening and nobody cares what you tell them. Okay? You read this? Saw this? They don't care because you don't make disciples with head knowledge. Disciples are learners. Disciples go deeper. Disciples have a greater heart. Disciples have more passion. Disciples have a will to become who God has created them to be for His glory and not their benefit. There are decision makers who love the world and seek self. And there are disciples who grow in their faith and seek God. One inherits the wind, the other inherits the kingdom. Your final action step is two things. Follow these two things. The earthly example that Jesus recorded in the Gospels of the New Testament. That's the example. You should be in the Gospels every day. Reread. Get through them. Reread. I don't care where you start, it doesn't matter. What God's going to reveal to you is because He who has an ear, let Him hear. Get in there, read it, read it out loud. Get it, get it, get in the New Testament. Two, be led by the ongoing leadership of God's Spirit that is inside of you every day. Every day, you receive God's Spirit when you pray. Jesus comes into your heart. The Spirit of God is in you. Be led by that Spirit. Because real change happens when you embody the Spirit of Jesus. Real change happens when you embody the Spirit of Jesus, which is what we're talking about next week in a new series called Holy. Do not miss this. It is your next step again. Hey, thanks so much for listening to today's message. I hope that God gave you revelation, that you were enlightened, and that you can see more of what God has for you. Make sure you take this message one step further by following through with our action steps so you can grow deeper in your relationship with God. If you want to know more about who we are or what's happening here at Redefined Church, you can visit us online at churchredefined.com. You can follow us on social media at Redefined Church, or you can subscribe to us on YouTube, Spotify, Vimeo, or Apple. Thanks for allowing me to be part of your life. I'll talk to you soon.